0: As promised, we're here to talk about HPV. Mama, always mess up. What is it? The human papillomavirus. Virus. Yeah, don't get it confused with HIV, which a lot of people do. That's weird. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's mm. a whole P in the middle. Mm. So today, of course, I have Tracy, the expert... Our nurse practitioner, I call her our nurse practitioner because we all still in her at this point. We're still in her her intellectual property. We need to know what she knows so that we can be healthier and do a lot of things um, a lo- way better and live longer, stronger, healthier lives. Today, the topic is HPV, Mom. We want to know what it is. We want to know who's being, how us as black women are being affected by what's the numbers. We need to make sure that our families are safe. Even though this is a podcast for black women, these numbers are important because we have grandfathers, we have aunties, we have dads of our own. We have children, daughters, kids of our own. So this is more of like for all people. But as black females, we gonna have to be the neck in steering our families to the right direction. Pussy, coochie, pussy, coochie, pussy, coochie. Chua punani. So I'm calling the box. I call it the vagina. The vagina. The va vagina. vagina. We all got it. It's a vagina. Va 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 vagina. Let's go. So, Mom, tell us about it. What is
1: HPV? Well, first of all, let me just say thank you for having this this talk. I think this is so informative, and I truly believe that health care is a right and is not a privilege, and so we'll dive right in. So, HPV, what is HPV? HPV is the viruses that causes causes potential cancers, whether that's cervical cancer, vulval cancer, vagina cancer. penal cancer and anus cancer. Who's affected? Anybody who engages in any types of sex. Rather that's my my um, my sisters, my lesbian sisters, my bros, you know, so Or it, your
0: daughter cuz she engages in sex.
1: Oh my daughter or <laughs> your um, grandson. My aunts, my uncles, you know, it hits everyone. And so with HPV, it's well let's back up a little bit. So HPV was first discovered like in 1956.
0: Okay okay you
1: know, the first vaccine hit the market in 2006
0: Mom, in 1956 I don't think we as black people were really trusting of doctors hospitals or vaccinations
1: Well there was a study out and you guys know about the uh, the airman study the Tuskegee study so you know it was a lot of distrust. Need it be? I mean, you had a long conversation with your aunt about, you know, this whole, the backlash
0: behind that Oh, yes. My aunt explained to me she was in Mississippi and they came into town to give vaccinations for, oh, mom, I told you which one was it. It was an important one, but they just didn't trust it. Syphilis? Was it syphilis? It could have been syphilis. No, that was the one that was for Tuskegee Airmen. They was giving them syphilis or something Mm -hmm. like that. But there was a treatment and it was necessary and everybody needed to get it. And I have to follow up on my auntie, but they were coming into the neighborhood. The health department was actually coming to the neighborhood and setting up shops at different spots. And she says that there was two different streets that they had it on. And everybody was in the street with the black nurse. They did not trust the white nurse at all. They would have rather waited in the sun, in the Mississippi summer sun, for five hours to bring bringing a lunch and their kids and a picnic to wait for this one nurse then to go in that line that would have took them 35 minutes to an hour with the white nurse. They just didn't trust.
1: Because it. in that study it was a, it was a white nurse. It was a Caucasian nurse who gave that who did that um, did that misdeed towards unfortunately, it was black people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So you know yeah, so there's a lot of mistrust in healthcare when we're talking about black and brown. Individuals, yeah. I mean, you want somebody, and I go back to that. You want somebody that looks like you, that can understand what you're going through, have the same similar problems. Yep. And for that part, um, for the most part, you know, when we look at studies, we are looking mm-hmm. at it, black studies. You know, we're not. I mean, we're interested in the overall, but we really focus on me. How does this affect me? How
0: does this affect me? And, and representation is everything, even in education, Mom. You know, with uh, me being a teacher. Uh, my experience they'll say well your kids are this and that and the other and I used to be like I don't know I'm doing the same thing I go in these classrooms I see amazing Caucasian teachers but it just didn't read the same it just didn't the results were not the same and as a result my kids were exceptionally well behaved and exceptionally high performers whereas I would do the same lesson that another Caucasian counterpart who I know also had the same level experience and it just wouldn't be the same result representation is everything
1: True, true, true. And so let's get right back to um, HPV. So, HPV is, uh, you know, it's classified as an STI, which was, I mean, I practiced this. I did not know that it was classified as I was telling Dominique. I was like, goodness gracious, they're classifying it as a sexually transmitted infection. That's so crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really crazy. But let's talk a little bit about it. Are there signs and symptoms? Can I self-diagnose myself? No. Typically, you cannot self-diagnose yourself. It's not a cough. It's not a it's discharge.
0: It's not like fishy, like It's TV. not an
1: odor. It's just not. It just doesn't present like that. Is there any treatment? No. There really isn't any oral treatment that you can take for HPV. Mm-hmm. But there is a vaccine, and we'll get to that. Um, the what, um, how do you diagnose it? Like, what do I need to know? Like I'm in with my provider. I know that HPV, I'm sexually active and I want to know how can I have this relationship? How can I discuss this with my provider? Um, uh, so you can tell, ask your provider, just, you know, typically they're going to ask you when was the last time you had a pap smear? Now, you know that pap smears are preventative, right? pap smears that's what you
0: do that's like your 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 screener like when you go to get the flu shot before winter your pap smear is like i'm just making sure everything is it's gray. part
1: of your health uh, it's part of your planning for health right it, yes
0: you don't wait till something happen you go because that's your normal every six so, months uh, yeah so pap smear starts at
1: 21 it's every three years Every three years, you should have some sort of screening for cervical cancer. That's exactly what they're doing. They're going in. They're giving you. They're gonna take a specular. You're gonna put your legs in the stirrups, and you know what stirrups is. If you young ladies that have kids, where you want you get in that push moment. That, that push position. So <laughs> they're gonna put your legs. She in, acting then, it
0: out. I wish y'all was here. <laughs> and then so what they're
1: gonna do is generally relax your legs. Relax your legs. Okay. They're gonna take a specular and they're gonna, you know, insert the specular. Usually they put a little lube on it and they're gonna insert it. Cold little, lube. It's got a little bit of a light so that what we do is we use the light and we see what we see is a cervix, right? It's circular and it has a, a little bit, what we call an os, O-S. That's where sperm goes to find an egg for pregnancy. So what we do is we take a brush and we kind of brush around that whole cervix and then we off it goes to the lab. So that's it. So that's what we do. We take a little bit of a brush, a cervical brush, and we send it off to the lab and it's either going to tell us A detected or be non-detected okay. for HPV.
0: Alright. So, non-detected. You're excited. You're like, I'm good. Yes. I could come back in next year for my check to just make sure that, or oh, next three years? Mm-hmm. Alright, so I'll come back in the next three years to make sure that I am still good. Again, being preventative. But, in the case that they say, you're positive. Detected. We're detect- HPV has been detected. You have the human papilloma virus. you have this STI, how does that look?
1: Okay, so on its face, it looks very scary, right? I'm positive for HPV, and so I have to make sure that they understand it's not HIV, because a lot of people do get those initials confused. So, what we do is we recheck in a year. One year, you come back. Now that responsibility lies on you. You need to put that in your calendar. You need to own that. That I was positive. A couple things you can do: if you're a smoker, you want to stop smoking. HPV is very transient, which means that it can correct itself. That's why we repeat it in a year, so it can. Oh, that's good. So
0: it can like fix your body can be its natural healer. Your your immune system kicks in and. So that's why you need to stop the nicotine and maybe increase a better diet and things like that, because you're helping your white blood cells.
1: Well, it has not... It's a virus. So anytime it's not... When I think of white blood cells, I'm thinking bacteria. Okay, okay. It's a virus. So you want to just, you know... If You're smoking, no, they have. Like I said, there's no treatment, right? Right, why does it come about? We know that in nature it is caused by sexual activities, okay? So, what you want to do is the nicotine has shown to curve those numbers. So, if you are a smoker, uh-huh. we want you to stop, okay? And that's about it, continue doing what you're doing, you know, if you're smoking nicotine. Sleeping, nicotine now marijuana has not been studied okay, okay. let's go <laughs> so it has not
0: about... could be curing it <laughs> we have not could be transient it all the way out your body we mm. don't even know so let's keep that is why we need more black people in the stem research and, and all of that because they are into that science getting into that body and getting into what TC, thc provides for us especially medically in the black community but that's a whole nother
1: but pathetically you come back one year later and you're still detected what do you do after i cry well we bring you back in mm -hmm. we don't want you crying Mm -hmm. we send you we set you up for a procedure called copal so copal is what it's going to do it's going to illuminate that cervix and then that the hpv cells are going to show up and what they're going to do is they're going to go in there and they're just going to remove that off the cervix so do you lose body on your cervix? Yes. I've seen partial Ooh. cervix. I've seen. Is seen... that like
0: the same as when you get an abortion?
1: Mm, no. This is cervix. Abortion is a baby that's up in the uterus that has attached. No, this is mainly the outside like again what what's illuminated. So what we do is we actually take a little it's it's a solution that they um brush the cervix with and with the HPV cells it high it's luminized and so you can see
0: it kind of like when you do that little tablet when you do your teeth at the dentist and you can see the plaque build up
1: absolutely so yeah so it illuminizes and so what they go in and they go in there and they remove it right and then you come back um each um gyne women's health nurse practitioner they have their different uh, plans on how often they want you to come back just to test to see if A, if A, the, um, if you're coming back showing that you're still detected, if you're still positive for HPV, So that's what that is. Uh,
0: yes. So what I'm finding here is that you're saying that you got to come back in a year. I'm sitting here thinking, are you not sexually active? Because this is yes, an STI. You're, yeah,
1: you're sexually active. Remember. What do
0: you do? Do you remember? Them, hey, I'm FH- There's BV. no
1: treatment. But however, we would encourage you to use condoms.
0: Well, yeah, they yeah, should okay. have been using kind and of And then you
1: know, another discussion is your lifetime
0: partners. How many partners have you had in a lifetime? What if you're single?
1: Okay. Single in in regards to being a virgin or single single
0: in regards to like I'm a single woman and I have different partners. You know, like okay, in so, a year, I would say it's about average to like have two partners, Mom. Okay, well then that's the problem. It puts you at higher
1: risk. We look at your lifetime partners. So, you know, there's some education around that. Some, you know, we want to practice safe sex. We want to, um, you know, uh, definitely stop smoking. So, those are the things. Now,
0: can guys have HPV? They should. Okay. I'm tired of you telling us the stuff that only us women can get. Well, it affects mainly women. <laughs> we want to point the finger. Okay, well, it affects mostly women. But
1: men who have sex with men. Are definitely at high risk. Oh! Okay. So if they ever had contact with a female, they're at risk. If you are having sex, you're at risk, whether you're male or female. Okay, okay.
0: Okay. okay. But it's a, it's highly presented in women. females, wings. yeah. Females.
1: The gender is females and...
0: um, the And gender- particularly in black women, is that where that cervical cancer outbreak is coming from? Well, cervical cancer is... Uh, it's a strong, you know, uh, there's...
1: I think it's, what is it, 16 and 18 of the HPV? So HPV has a couple of different strands. They have, I think, anywhere from 9 to 12. I think there's 12 strands in total. Mm -hmm. And these strands have the potential to cause cancer. Now, remember, HPV is very slow growing. Did we even talk about that? Yes,
0: we said unresolved HPV infections can take decades to develop because we were trying to analyze... When was my grandma's last pap? And as far as like when we found out it being already stage four.
1: Yeah, she was pretty pretty gone. Yeah, so that's why um you know I I, I get a little bit a gushy heart because I it's so close to me that you know we make sure that we are hitting these communities, getting these kids um, vaccinated. So yeah, so um so it's a couple of different strands, particularly 16 and 18. Those are the ones that cause cervical cancer. Um, so who are at risk who are at risk or anybody who's engaging in sex basically uh, it shows we see a lot in females um, uh, particularly black females Yes. Um, so we want to make sure that we're getting our screenings and it seems
0: like when we get it it goes so fast I remember reading an article about that just in cancer in particular not like even cervical cancer but in black women it shoots through our bodies so quickly. Because black women generally, particularly,
1: you know, our migrant, our Caribbean, our, um, you know, we go about saying that, you know, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that injections. You know, it's always this um, facade with,
0: you know, we're, we're healthy and we yeah, don't need it.
1: Yeah. I'm going to live healthy and I'm going to do what's Right. Uh, I'm gonna eat right, The know-it-all out out. Uh, know it all at a top. know it all. I, I don't need food. that nothing. I'm not engaging in sex, but you did at one point mm-hmm. unless you're virgin, unless you're a virgin. this is not a conversation for you.
0: if you're a virgin, please turn crock pot pussy podcast off. no, I'm just joking,
1: <laughs> so but we have to look at our our um, our populations, you know, um I'm married to a guy that's from Belize, so you know um so. That community is very important to me. Making sure that I reach them and to um, have conversations about health. Health is very important. Again, I'll repeat this: health is a right and is not a privilege. However, getting our federal government to understand that's a whole different
0: subject. But, Mama, I have a question for you. When you you're telling me about the vaccine, but. It's like I'm kind of I don't really like the vaccines, but I am afraid of different things that happen. So, what does HPV look like? Like, okay, I have HPV. What does my uterus look like? What does my vagina? What does my vulva look like? What does my vagina look like? What, what does it look like? Does it have? Does it look like something? Okay, so basically,
1: it's on the microscopic level, right? So it's it's okay. you, You know, you you're brushing the cervix and you grabbing cells around the cervix and then you're sending it off to the
0: lab. So this is a cell thing. You're not yeah. going to see like a bump or anything. Mm-hmm. Because I was reading up on, I was on the website, um, the org, which is the National Vaccine Immunization um, Center. And they were saying prior to Gardasil, which is the H, one of the HPV vaccinations, they were saying that they would have to do laser electrosurgical surgical Excisions procedures for abno- abnormal lesions that will be found.
1: Those that's uh, and then let me just give you a short term. That's called the leap position poce- procedure. I'm sorry, it's called leap procedure.
0: Okay. And LEEP.
1: Yeah. So the leap procedure would actually cut the cervix in half. So oh. what they found is that they were doing these procedures on these young girls, young girls who was you coming. Nobody's- yeah. In
0: half. So,
1: yeah. So, they were just, yeah. They were really distorting their uh, cervix. And you need a good cervix to have children, right? Yeah. So, again. Don't take half of it. Yeah. So, again, let me just kind of go back. So, the leak procedure was, was a procedure that was very common before they came out with the HPV uh, so vaccine. So invasive. Yeah. Very invasive. And so, what they found is that um, we were getting these young girls, girls who were having sex before their 20th birthday. And I Mom, don't even that's say, probably a lot of women. Yeah, so, <laughs> so the, the younger you are when you're engaging in sex, the higher risk um, you become for these, you know, for uh, HPV. Um, and so we, we try to make sure that if we are, and that's the same thing when you're talking about alcohol. We don't want alcohol because we, we, we know the studies now that what it does to the brain. So, okay. you know, and, and it just goes the same thing. You know, you got a 12 year old walking around pregnant.
0: Mm-hmm. I've seen so it. The body is From now on, I've
1: seen it. So the body is not really, you know, the body is not, mm, it, it, it hasn't matured enough. That's what I'm saying. Not that you can't carry a child at 12, but you haven't really matured enough and when I say matured enough, I mean, you know, your organs, your you know Your, your hips. You know, the your the, the the basin, which is what we to carry the baby with. And not even like, you know, Danny, you twelve, you're just getting started with your immunization. You're not even immunized up to, you know, that point. And so hopefully we're not we're encouraging, discouraging um, young ladies to have babies at, you know, or to have any type of sexual activities. I think that the marriage. sexual
0: activity comes in as curiosity, and this is just my this my own little breakdown in theory. But I think that sexual activity comes from curiosity especially in black homes because we do not talk about sex we keep we don't talk about it because we think if we don't talk about it they won't be engaging and we won't be saying that we are allowing it but we have to have healthy conversations about sex it will give your child better perspective on getting healthy information from you knowledgeable information from you you could definitely use your your spiritual background and everything else but just even just going to facts about what it would do to your body giving sharing stories about you and maybe people that was around you that perhaps had sex early and different experiences they had but just i i always speak on to my son that sex is a very healthy thing it's a very enjoyable pleasure but it is so much responsibility attached to it that you have to be abreast to so as we have to start engaging in conversations. I think that that would eliminate a lot of these teenage pregnancies and things like that because we have to talk about it because they don't know what to do and they're just trusting a young man who wasn't taught, who didn't learn anything about it. They trust in the guy that they're with because they love on him. And so if he's just like, oh no, I'm going to just, what, put the tip in or I'm just going no, we don't need a condom because we love each other and things like that because they done heard their Uncle Aroyd say it at a barbecue through the bar, through the screen, you know, and they put that on us, and we're just listening because we in ooh-ah-ah with them, and plus we don't have another reference.
1: Yeah, well, I, I always say, if you're not teaching in the home, they're going to get it out in the streets. So. Surely. So you you got to make sure that you're, you know, engaging in uh, good education and also just understanding that, you know, marriage is there for a reason. I'm just saying. I believe in marriage, so I want to put that out there. So let's talk about HPV. Who covers it? The insurance cover, the insurance companies covers it. So it is a vaccine that is covered by um, I say MCO, which is Medicaid. So it is covered by Medicaid, and it is also covered by your Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, your mm-hmm. your Aetna plans, your care, what is that, United Healthcare plans. All those different plans out there's so many. I mean, oh, when I see them, I'm like, oh, here's another plan. Uh, Obama plans, so it is covered. But if you want to, you know, but where do you get it at is the concern with the insurance company. So make sure you call that back, flip your card over, call them and say, hey, I'm interested in getting the HPV vaccine. I am in between 15 and 26 years old. I want to protect myself. Where do I go? They'll say, well, you can go here, you can go CVS, you can go to OSCO's, you can go, um, CVS is OSCO, I believe. CVS, Walgreens, um, you know, all these different pharmacies that it's available to you. King, is it mandatory? No, it's not mandatory. But hmm, I think down the line it will be, but currently it is not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so you do have that option
0: to opt out, which a lot of people
1: tend to look at that option.
0: But when I look at the commercials, I saw, you know, white young ladies um, on there taking their daughter saying, don't be that one, you know, taking there for those Gardasil commercials. And when I did a little research on Gardasil, I found out that Gardasil was actually fast tracked by the FDA, which means that they skipped a few steps for their approval through the FDA. So. So, a lot of that, that is... That was alarming, but why was that, Mom? Well, you know what? Uh, when there's a fast track, when they
1: fast track a we vaccine... get scared. It's because they potentially is trying to curve some, torpor- some sort of outbreak, okay? And uh, so, that could be the reason, but I'm okay. sure there's other reasons. So, you know, with... Um, Men's who have sex with men's, uh, our lesbian sisters. We wanna make sure that a I wanna just hit on that. If you're engaging in sex, make sure your sex toys are clean. Because oh, sex toys. toys um tend to um, carry that virus.
0: Mom, do you know what we should how we should clean sex toys? I'm gonna definitely
1: say that there should be a ratio of some sort of bleach with water. Bleach? Bleach with water, yeah. Because I think bleach is really the, the one that really can break down that
0: cell wall on that virus. And I'm always in sex shops. They have some stuff that's cleaners. I never buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it because one, I don't share my toys with nobody so it's just me. Um, But I never buy, but they have solutions that clean your silicone things and I think that they suggested um when you are a sharer, like if you like to share your sex toys, that you should get the glass ones. Because you can boil them. Oh, I guess. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, you get the black glass ones. But the silicone ones, there is a solvent that you can purchase, but I would also look it up. I would just contact that manufacturer of that company. Yeah, because they don't just, want,
1: yeah, and make I don't know sure. about no bleach. But, but I think bleach is all Because I'm scared A of lot me. of things that we wipe down tables with have some sort of...
0: Chloride in it. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. So whether it's, it's so, it's not like a half half portion. Maybe a little tablespoon. Yeah,
1: it's it's typically not a hundred percent. But again, follow that manufacturer of that. Um, but company. get those sex toys oh, cleaned. Toys. And you know what, and, and just you know, smoking sensation, and just making sure that you are, you know, safe sex is always important. So you want to use condoms as much as possible. And making sure you're following up for every three years, three to five years, we say, with your path first. And knowing your family history is important because your family history is actually your blueprint to life. You know, yeah. your ancestors who came before you who've had diabetes, um, hypertension, which is blood pressure, another word for blood pressure, who's got um, uh, cardiac issues, who's been and on this dialysis. Is a lot of- you just want to know your family history. It's so important to know... What mom and dad had, and because that's the first thing a provider is gonna say. Do you have any family history of diabetes? Do you have any family history of high blood pressure? And you want to be able to say yes. And if you can say at age sixty nine, I lost such and such to such and such, is great history because not only does that provider put that in, they reference your age to that loved one stuff, and they're able to get you a good, straight plan. Whoa. They might send you for EKG testing. They might say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to order this lab versus that lab. It could have been a lab in their hand because they said, oh, well, usually we don't check this until you're X, Y, Z, but because you have this family history, I'm going to go ahead and check that. Yeah. And so what you want to do is make sure that you're just keeping good health records. Yeah. Hey, I get it. There's not enough education out there. There's not enough public service announcements mm-hmm. on health. I get it that insurance that the providers are getting you out the door but you must come prepared and you must come prepared with your pencil and your paper in your hand and say I need to write this down.
0: And they give you a lot of stuff and I'm starting to keep my things. Like I'm trying to try to keep a little, uh, little. I actually just keep it in a box under the bed and I just put the little papers they give you underneath there because when they come back and they're like oh your son did he have this and that and I'm like Yeah, I remember a time because, baby, we live in life and it's a lot of things. Health is very important, but we have bills, work, school, kids to school, activities, clubs, all of these things. But your health is very important. We need to be able to collect that information in one spot. I'm not as organized to have one spot for myself and one spot for my son. So we in one box that's under my bed that I just keep tossing the stuff up in there. And when they like, oh, did you do this or that? I go back in there. I got his immunization records up in there. That box has... Everything inside there. And I keep, of course, like birth tickets and stuff aside. But even when they give you little things about the flu shot or things about uh, HPV or BV, like those little, little, yeah, Those is, little, we call them uh after summary visits. Yeah. yeah, like a little summary visit, and also just the little pamphlets too. But they have yeah, pamphlets anymore. Yeah. They like staple it to your prescription these yeah, days. Yeah, And so they um you you read up on it and it's like educate yourself on it and 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 when we speak about educating, I would love mom for you to get into the resources because. And here's another good one. We have to look ourselves. So the CDC
1: is really good at finding out information. So cdc.gov, I always use that, and it's my standard. And um, they also have a blog, um, some blogs, so you can read some of the posts and get information about it. Now, the CDC is not a source for your personal, you know, like you can't go and say, well... Um, I was diagnosed at 26 with cervical cancer, and, and I had my tonsils removed in, uh, five years ago. And do you suggest that I get the HPV vaccine? They're not going to do that, right? They're guidelines. They're the federal government. Okay. So they're going to give you the standard. So that's up to you and your provider to, to hash those things out. Yeah. And so what you have to do is, I Illinois is really proactive in that they keep records of all vaccines that are given to... Two children. Now, it depends on the organization. The particular organization that I did work for, they all kept records. So they kept records of, uh, they sent it to the to the state website. Uh, like this kid had MMR, um, um, Vercellus vaccine on this day. She started her HPV, but she missed her second dose. So that information is really great. And what we do as providers, and if we are like, okay, so this kid started, but stopped. We can call, there's a hotline number, we can call the CDC itself and get information on how we should best uh, bring this child up to up to date on their immunizations. So that's important. So just know that we are at your best interest to try to keep your, you know, a, 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 we call it a data, it's a a, a database yeah. for those children who has been vaccinated.
0: I've used, I've seen that because I'll call one, like when I... Of course, I had my son in Chicago. Then I went to college in Carbondale, and like I didn't bring any paperwork with me from Chicago. But they was like, we have it, boop, 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 boop. you know. and They were like, well, you took this on this day, you had this on this day, you had that on that day. Not like that in Louisiana, though. So if you in Louisiana. You better keep your papers because <laughs> Illinois, Illinois is helping us uh, helping us crazy single mamas out that's forgetting things and when you were talking about knowing your history I kept thinking about single parents and like maybe them not of you are the result of a mom that you don't really know your father, so you don't know all the history. And that's or, okay. Or, or like, you know, your yeah. child, you didn't really know or that a, man that you, well. Or, or, you his... or what I'm... you adopted. Or you yeah. adopted. I didn't even think
1: about I get a them. lot, I get a lot of kids that says, you know, I'll, I'll go in and I'll say, well, tell me a little bit about my mom and dad. And I'll say, well, I'm adopted. So,
0: that you know. means. What does that mean so to that you means as a provider? To me you try everything.
1: What, what I do is I look at the other things. Uh, you know, I use my contact clues. Uh, what's the weight like? What's the blood pressure like? Mm-hmm. You know, I try to look. Then they're gonna fall into my standard. You this age. Here's what we should be testing. Mm-hmm. Unless they're telling me, giving me other information where well, they chief can complain, yeah, where they can fill in and say, you know, what I'm having headaches, like five days a week, or I'm bleeding more than normal, you know, abnormal uterine bleeding is very common in, in the 30 to 40 year olds. They have, they go, huh. I'm bleeding so much. I have like three, four clots. So, you know, then we start talking about that. So that's where it lies. So we create their own. So we start now fresh and we create your own, um, um, history, health history, fresh, and we create your own, um, um, history, health history. Mm-hmm. So, that's what that is. I do want to mention that Erie, for all you um, Illinoisans, in um, particular, Chicago land suburban areas, that if you can find a clinic, they usually do testing. Yep, on Fridays. And they, in particular, in my neck of the woods, uh, Erie Health Clinic, giving a plug out to them.
0: Erie Health Clinic! They, um, you can pay me later. You can You can pay me later. They will do STI <laughs> testing from noon on
1: Friday until, I think, closing. Mm-hmm. And so, they will not turn you away. So, I, I understand that I got a lot of sisters and brothers out there making their own money. So, they will not turn you away. You go in and you ask for testing. And I can't repeat this enough that we've gotten, we've seen large outbreaks of chlamydia. So, you know, it's just two pills or it's a seven-day pill. Whichever one you want to do, it's up to you on, in regards to your finance uh, You know which route you want to go. But that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You know, health is
0: a right. Health is a right. Help me get that out. Yes. Help me get get, get help us get that out. Health is a right. It is not a privilege. And no matter what uh, the cheeto of a president says, we definitely know we are supposed to be able to get health care uh, for, for free. And there if, are some free clinics, so you
1: got to Google it up. And I don't mean slide and scale. I mean free. F-R-E-E look for those clinics it might not be, it may be one or two or you might have
0: to drive to it but it's definitely worth it. Absolutely. So make sure that you're doing it. One of the biggest things that I hope that this podcast, Crockpot Pussy Podcast does for you, is empower you to really do the research. You know, I have my mom here. Well, our mom here, our nurse practitioner, Tracy, here to help us out. But we also have to be active. We have those phones and we could Google up a new outfit or that Louis Vuitton has lipstick now. I don't know if y'all know that, but Louis Vuitton has lipstick now. Uh, but (laughs) But if we could look up those things, Then we can look up things for our health care and make sure that we're using our phone to Google things that matter for us, our families and our health and life and well-being. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, mom. You always give us the good information. I will definitely do more research into Gardasil and other HPV things. Um, to make sure that I am on track and keeping myself, because I know I'm at risk, uh, mm-hmm. keeping, keeping myself safe. But yes, everyone, keep those questions coming. Thank you all for your active involvement. Please repost this podcast. It's 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 getting some momentum, but I would love for it to get more. If you have an auntie, cousin, Sister, brother, I don't care, male, female, whatever it is. Please let them know about this podcast, Crockpot Pussy Podcast. Um, I feel like we're giving a lot of great information. It's informative. Sometimes I cuss, sometimes I don't. Today I was think I was pretty good. Um, but I really want to make sure that I'm getting the word out to the different people, to different people out there about healthcare, and definitely from a black perspective. We need representation. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. I am bucked up to discuss pregnant pussy. Yes, pregnant pussy. Yes, whether you are soon-to-be mom, soon-to-be dad, uncle, auntie, cousin, sister, brother, whatever it is. You have had an experience around a pregnant pussy. Maybe not touch that pregnant pussy, but you're seeing one. And I want to discuss it today on Head, Home, and Heart. Hey, ladies, it's time for the three H's. The head, the home, and the heart. And we have to make sure that we are checking it. What have you done for me lately? And the me is you. What have you done for yourself, ladies? Let's talk. Pull up a chair like I'm always asking you to do. Let's talk, sis. First thing I mentioned was Smurf Puss. And one thing you know about Smurfs is that they are blue. Just like your pussy will be within the first four weeks because of the increase of blood flow. That's called the Chadwick. It's an increase of blood flow down there. So, yeah, your lips going to look a little purpley. Make sure you're paying attention to those vulvas. That could be the first sign that you're pregnant. Let's just keep it rolling to Squirter Puss. I know that got your attention. You too, you too. And guess what? That nigga in the back too. Squirter puss. Yeah. They say it's so good when you're pregnant. Yeah. That is because you have increased your blood volume. It's increased by like 50%. You are extra sensitive. You have extra oxycontin. You have extra estrogen. You have extra progesterone, which means you are having the biggest and the best orgasms. And so that might be your first one. Puss. All right, that was one. We had Smurf Puss, Blue Puss, Squirter Puss, Squirt Puss. Now I'm about to go to one that maybe is not that nice. Metallic Puss. Okay, Metallic Puss, just basically, it could be from the medicine. It could be from the things that you are, um, the changes your body is going through. But you're going to taste different, and you're going to smell different. Your pH balance is thrown off a bit when you are pregnant, so things are different down there. Last one is Creamy Puss. Creamy Puss is like my ultimate favorite because, you know, last one is Creamy Puss. Last one is hashtag Creamy Puss. You have an extra production of cream because it's there to protect your cervix. So your cervix is there and it's, holding the baby, so they're trying to prevent infections at all costs. This is a double benefit from you. One, your baby's safe, and two, your pussy's creamy. Later in pregnancy, you will also see a mucus plug that is released later. Again, another thing that our wonderful bodies create to protect our babies. So you have the breakdown. For pregnant puss, one is hashtag Smurf Puss. It will be blue. Second one, hashtag a Puss. You'll have big old orgasms. Third one, hashtag metallic puss. is going to taste and smell a little different. And the last, but certainly not least, the hashtag creamy puss. Meaning, that thing is going to be nice and sweet. Insert peaches and cream, please. Black Facts! You know what time it is. It is time for our Black Facts. Facts are facts. Facts are facts. <laughs> <Renee> <laughs> exchange, girl, you know better to be black using hotel lotion, <laughs> and you know what time it is. It is time to talk black businesses, black products and black ideals. Let's bring it, ladies, what we want to talk about Welcome to this segment of black facts. The fact of the matter is is that black women are suffering in silence for what another thing hyperpigmentation, not just anywhere, but like in the Yoni area, our most sacred area. It can be embarrassing and cause a lot of grief, but don't worry. I have some tips and tricks that will get us through. I am no dermatologist, but I am a lady who suffered and came out with some natural remedies. And I want you to tune in and catch this black fact. I am no expert, but I am a woman with a pussy who does research. So in my research, of course, I have experimented. I've tried different things. I've looked on YouTube. I've talked to dermatologists. I follow dermatologists. I pride, ask questions. I use Google search. I study and research. Hyperpigmentation is one of the things that affect me personally the most. I can't stand hyperpigmentation scarring. Love my melanin. Hate the hyperpigmentation. So I was always on the look for things that can help me. And everyone knows that the industry of natural has completely exploited black women and added 10 to 15 to 20 dollars onto anything that was that they had before. Oh, I'm gonna put that this is a natural shampoo. Let me make this from five dollars to fifteen dollars. So much, they're really digging in our pockets. So I started to think through more holistic things. And of course, spices and oils of sorts are things that really helped us cure so much. So I leaned to it. So as I was doing my research, I found a few things. And what was important to me was, were these things that I could find in my home? So I have a few things listed here that I love. And I'm going to tell you what they um, can help against or fight against. First thing, turmeric, it has antioxidants and inflammatory properties. Those things are very important to stop that redness. Garlic is antifungal. You always want to have something that is antifungal or antimicrobial. And cloves, you know, the little things you just put on hams, those are antimicrobial. I am very much so into lemons and onions. Lemons... Um, evens out skin tone by removing that dead layer of skin it kind of acts as an exfoliant on its own raw lemon juice and onions are full of get this bioflavonoids and they significantly reduce the appearance of scars never knew it smells horrible but definitely works there's a few oils that i do have to source out to get because i don't you know know how to press oil i mean I'm great. I'm not amazing like to that level. Jeez, but I could work on it. So there's a few oils that I know about. Rosehip oil that treats scars and wrinkles. That's like should be in every woman's like closet. Period. You should just have it. Um, Tea tree oil is something that's very easily accessible and it's um, not that expensive as well. You want to get that carrot uh, carrot seed essential oil. It has that beta carotene to brighten your skin. It's really good, not that old cheap old thing that green, that orange oil that you see in the beauty supply store next to the green one that's aloe and the yellow one that's vitamin E. Yeah, those are not essential oils. You actually have to make sure that it's essential oils. So, when I'm seeing all of these things, do not try to go run to the nearest beauty supply store. Whereas, I love them for a quick 50 cent rat tail comb, they do not have, the most do not have real essential oils. So that being said, don't go there. And uh, one more that you must uh, keep up with to me is the sandalwood essential oil. That's another one. Those are my tips and tricks. Um, uh, Those are the spices and oils that I know about um, so far that has helped me with that area. I have had dark Um, scarring in that area that is completely gone. It is so pretty. It's, it's, Perfect. (laughs) Everything takes time. Please don't think that you're going to get these things and all of a sudden it's going to look great down there. Everything takes time. I would say put you together a little concoction. Keep it in in your bathroom. You can't keep certain things for too long, but you do need to give yourself treatments and keep it going daily for like thirty days, and you'll see a big difference. Go in the bathroom. Do like I do. Take a picture of your vagina. Um, Right before you start a new treatment, do it for 30 days, take in that same bathroom with that same light and take a picture again and look at the progress that was made. Only you know how far you went. So make sure that you're tracking your progress. Um, another thing that I make sure that I do is increase that water flow. It's just that time. Of course, anything that's that's going on, you have to make sure that you increase water flow. But something that's very much so forgotten is the power in exfoliating. We must exfoliate. Exfoliating has so many benefits to it. Take a walk with me. Well, welcome. So happy for you to join me here in this segment of the tips and the tricks. Now, again, I must start by saying I am no doctor. I am a black woman with a vagina who suffers, who used to suffer from serious scarring in the yoni area from hyperpigmentation. So, here is Crockpot Pussy's home remedy for yoni hyperpigmentation. Get you a pen and a paper because I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. First things first, you need a food processor because you need to grind a little, one clove of garlic and one slice of onion. Small onion, just like a slice of it, not half of it. You want to put that in a food processor. Once you have that in a food processor, you want to squeeze half the juice of half of a lemon directly in there with that garlic and onion. Once you have that, you are almost there. Now you want to add in a pinch of clove into that grounded clove into um, the onion, the garlic, and the lemon juice. Once you do that, you want to then add... About an ounce, maybe an ounce and a half of sesame seed oil and mix that up. Next thing you're going to do is take it out of the food processor, put it into your mixing bowl. And you are going to put in two tablespoons of honey and fold in about a half a cup of brown sugar. Maybe a little bit less. Maybe that's a lot. Once you fold it in, it's going to keep that brown sugar like coarse. And you just want to rub it on in there. Let it sit. Play two songs sitting on the toilet. Play two songs. Let that sit. But not just letting it sit too. Also, you should be massaging this. I do a circular motion. I do not push down a whole bunch on myself or anything like that. I massage one side, put one leg up. I massage it into the skin. I go all the way up, almost like by the belly button, and go back all the way down close to the curve of where your booty cheek is, because I go all the way down. I'm not going inside at all. And then I go on the other side. I go all the way down. Then I make sure that I get the hood. If even if it's hair there, I don't care. I get the hood because the hood. Is where it'll turn real dark. At you have to make sure that you're getting that hood, not just the sides where the bikini line. Where we'll see if you had on a a bathing suit, but also the top part. That hood and it, and that exfoliation is amazing. Exfoliating is definitely necessary. It helps in so many different ways. Exfoliating removes the dead skin that is on the top layer of your um. Yoni, that dead skin, um, it's not only just dead skin, it's actually a buildup of lotions, oils, and soap. Whether it's natural or not, it will cause a buildup. Whether they tell you it's a buildup or not, it will cause a buildup. You must exfoliate that skin. It removes it, and makes it fresh, and opens it up to whatever it is that's the new products that you're going to put on there. Just think about it. it it is definitely a major buildup in that area, probably more so than our whole bodies because of the scented oils and, and lotions that we put, or non-scented oils and lotions that we put down there. But just beyond that, we have our underwear. Or if you're a non-underwear person, you have those jeans on. And even if you're a person that's like, I don't wear jeans without underwear, your thighs, okay? If them, everybody's not Beyonce where well, they thighs don't touch, okay? So if those thighs are coming together, it's rubbing the sides of that a vagina, you need to make sure that you are very much so focusing on exfoliating. Remember, exfoliating removes the dead skin. And the dirt so that your uh, skin can breathe and you can apply new treatment and that new treatment can be easily absorbed. Please make sure that you try the Crock-Pot Pussy Podcast Yoni Hyperpigmentation Removal Scrub and let me know how you feel about it. Again, this is me. I'm signing off. It is ding-dong-period-ditch on Instagram. Send me more questions. Send me more topics. I want to make this podcast more frequent. I just don't know what to talk about because I'm waiting on you. I only want to talk about what you want to talk about. I could talk about it all, all day. But I only want to talk about what you want to talk about. Again, my handle is ditch. On Instagram, I just started a Facebook. I will need to let y'all know about that a little bit later. But if you look up hashtag crockpot Pussy Podcast, I'm sure you're going to find me. But I was having some issues with logging on. This is just me being transparent. If y'all have some advice, please leave me a message. I listen to them all. Signing on out on this segment of crock Pussy Podcast, Black Facts. Hyperpigmentation is not our enemy anymore.